You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Friday, October the 16th, the year 2020, and it is a feel-good Friday episode here on the podcast. Every Friday, Feel Good Friday, weekend's almost here. Also, one step closer to kickoff, one step closer to the tip-off of the basketball season. A lot of things to be excited about, to be happy about, and we are going to strive to feel good every second of this day. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Go ahead and follow the podcast on Twitter as well, at LockedOnBuckeye. Send all of the emails to Locked on Buckeyes at gmail.com. Lined up for today in segments number two and three, we will talk to Ryan Roberts of NFL Draft Bible once again. Yesterday, he was on talking about the players on the offense that are draft eligible in the 2021 NFL Draft and how he has viewed them right now. Today, it's all about the defensive side of the ball. And you guessed it. I'll give you a little tidbit. We open it, and I kind of jumped the gun, but we open discussing and talking about Sean Wade. Before we get to part two of our conversation with Ryan Roberts, guys, it is a great time to be a Buckeye. Yes, it surely is not just talking about the football team, but the basketball team as well. All offseason, all summer, in the fall, it seemed like, and it's true, the football team dominated the headlines, which is normally the case at Ohio State. The football team dominates the headlines. Will there be a season? Will there not be a season? Justin Fields starts a petition. Justin Fields does interviews. Ryan Day is on ESPN. Ryan Day is on game day. Will there or will there not be a season? Many people don't like Kevin Warren. Many people were trying to call for him to tell him to quit his job or for him to get fired. And it seemed like for so much time of this, of this year, the football team got the bulk of the attention, and a lot of that was negative. But we all remember that day where we were, what happened when we got the news that Ohio State, the Big Ten, was going to play football in the fall. For some people, for some of us, it was like Christmas came early because when the news came down that the Big Ten was not going to play, it was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All this talent we got, the coaching staff that we have, what Coach Coons brings to the table, the the leadership that Ryan Day uh, presents to the team. You mean to tell me that we're not going to have a season? I mean, imagine Trey Sermon being a grad transfer from Oklahoma, coming to Ohio State, knowing where he wanted to go, where he left Oklahoma. All of a sudden, hey, Trey, no season. Justin Fields, we know you came back to school to raise your draft, to raise your draft stock, to uh, to get a better dra- draft position in the uh, in the NFL draft. We know you want to perfect your craft, but hey, hey, son, no football season. Hey, don't worry about the SEC, the Big Twelve, and the ACC, and the other conferences right now that are playing. Nope, 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 nope. Forget them. Um, you're not playing. But guys, Ohio State's playing football very, very soon. I believe it's eight days away. I'm recording this on Thursday evening at 8.20 p.m. Eastern right on my TV. It is Georgia State versus Arkansas State. A couple schools that have played a few games, a couple games for Georgia State. And uh, Arkansas State is 2-2. Two two, so they played quite. They played a few games already. And Ohio State's like, hey, they're playing. Why, not, why can't we? They're playing. Why can't we? 
they're going to be playing very, very soon. And I know you're like me. It's a feel-good Friday. You want to be very, very excited. Hey, guys, the football team's going to play. And as I have watched, and excuse me, listened and even watched a lot of stuff on TV and then also listened to, to radio, XM Radio, uh, 97.1 The Fan, and other radio stations that are out there in podcast, people are discussing the ACC, nobody can touch Cle- nobody can touch Clemson, Miami, maybe, not really. We saw what happened in that game. They got pushed off the field. Notre Dame, probably not. We all see what Alabama and Georgia are playing this weekend. We're going to see how those two stack up against each other. But many people believe, and I know you're with me on this, the only people on the only team that can stack up with Clemson is the Ohio State Buckeyes. But they can't say that concretely until they step on the field and start playing. October, t- October the 24th they'll be able to start seeing the Buckeyes play and see exactly how special this team will be. On the side of the basketball team, the road to the Final Four has started. You said, Jay, have they started a game yet? Played a game yet? No, we talked about that yesterday. They will not tip off the season until Wednesday, November the 25th, the day before Thanksgiving against Memphis in the crossover classic at 4.30 Eastern on ESPN2. I only reiterate that because I know the more you hear it, the more you remember it. You may write it down in your in your journal or write it down on your calendar, excuse me, or put it in your phone so you make that appointment television so you do not miss the tip-off of the basketball season. But, guys, like, let's think about, think about last season. Last year, the Ohio State basketball team started off, they won 11 of their first 12 with wins over Villanova, North Carolina, Penn State, and Kentucky. Those wins were pretty large. Villanova, they, they beat them 76-51. to North Carolina, even though it was a down year with North Carolina early in the season, you weren't really sure if what you saw early for North Carolina was going to continue throughout the rest of the season. Well, that was true. Where they beat them 74-49. to They beat Penn State 106-44. to Just a just an obliteration. They mollywopped them. And then they also beat Kentucky 71 to 65. And with this squad this year, I am a big, huge, huge, oh my goodness, I'm a big fan of Chris Holtman and the, the kind of coach that he is, not just from his days at Butler University, where I mentioned yesterday, where, where he got there, it was an abnormal situation. I didn't elaborate on that, but when Chris Holtman got the job at Butler, there was a guy, I think that I forget the previous coach's name, but he kind of just up and left. He left late in the night, I, I, literally. He left the program, was not there to the coach anymore. I haven't really heard of where he went. He just was. He just left town. He got out of town. Not really sure what happened. And Chris Holtman was called to take over a task that many people thought was something that he was not up for. Well, not many people were up for. Well, Chris Holtman went there, approached that thing with, with uh, great authority, uh, with, no, with great courage, and he handled it like a pro. Now, going to Ohio State, a guy that's following that Mata and everything that that, that Mata has done and did do at Ohio State, that Mata also a guy that coached at Butler. Weird connection. Ohio State Buckeyes must love those, those Butler Bulldogs and the basketball team and what those coaches do there. But that Mata, you, you come back in after that Mata, you're thinking, um, um, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. He, he didn't mess it up at all. He didn't mess it up at all. Not once. And one thing I'm looking forward to is not just the season getting started, but seeing exactly how and what we see from this team. Do they start like they did last year, have a little hiccup in the middle, and then start to pick the pieces up towards the end? Or is it smooth sailing, a consistent, another 20-plus win season with no hiccups? And let's say, hey, 23, 24, 25, 26 wins with this squad this year. I went to 247sports.com. 24-7 sports, I, I don't know the exact website, but I went back and looked at their preseason predictions for the basketball team. 
Well, they had Ohio State ranked at number six. And generally, when you're in the middle of the pack going into the season, especially with the offseason that you have right now, I trust Chris Holtman and his offseason regimen, his offseason program, even with an abnormal year. I am still excited about what he's going to be able to do. And also, I'm excited to see, excited so these players can actually enjoy their final season in college football, basketball. Actually, however, quick side note the NCAA just announced that seniors, that nobody in, Nobody that plays a winter sport will lose a year of eligibility. So you have players like Abel Porter, Jimmy Sotos, C.J. Walker. And there's one more I'm, I'm missing, Kyle Young. These guys, they're not going to lose a year of eligibility. So they can elect to go to the NBA draft, play overseas, or come back and be a Buckeye or transfer after the season. The sky is the limit. I am excited for the football season. It's a great time to be a Buckeye. Football season kicks off in, in eight days. Just about a month and a half away from the tip-off of the basketball season. Guys, I'm excited. I, mean, I know you are. Let's keep our heads up. Let's keep a smile on our face. It's a feel-good Friday. And let's keep riding high and reminding everyone why it's a great time to be a Buckeye. Let's take a quick timeout. And when we come back, we'll hear part two of my conversation with Mr. Ryan Roberts about the defensive players that are draft eligible for the Buckeyes. But first, a word from Built Go. We have heard about Built Bar the same people that brought you Built Bar brought you Built Go. Now, Built Go is not a protein bar like Built Bar is. Built Go is a gel, a gel that is perfect for those times that you want when you're about to hit the wall or you have already hit the wall and you literally need a little pick-me-up. Sometimes before I record, I need a little pick-me-up. Sometimes while you're at work, you hit the wall and you don't want to keep going. Sometimes in those workouts, you're like, Coach, I am done. Coach says, no, you're not. Pop in a build go, guys. They have you covered. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with go every day. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Built go is the best workout gel on the market. They have three delicious flavors: peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and even chocolate mint. Built go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Built go is loaded. With good stuff to ignite my work. Built Go then kicks to keep me going strong every step of the way. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. That is L-O-C-K-E-D. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Hashtag Lego. And joining us once again on this Feel Good Friday here on Locked on Buckeyes. We have my buddy, I say buddy, we do a lot of stuff together, Ryan Roberts from NFL Draft Bible. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm good, Jay. You couldn't get rid of me yet, man. How's everything going? <laughs> not at all, not at all. When I find people that I like talking sports with, I try to do a lot of stuff with them, and you're one of those guys. Ryan, very quickly, once again, let the people know where they can catch you via social media, listen to your podcast, what the you, and, you, Alex, and Joe do, and then also where they can read some of your articles and scouting reports as well. Absolutely, yep. So I'm at Rise, the letter N, Draft on Twitter. Uh, everything content-wise that you want to take a listen to at Believe and NFL Draft Prospect Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, anywhere from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all any platform that you can think of, we are on there. And NFLDraftBible.com for any evaluations for the 2021 NFL Draft and also the Dynasty Draft Room where I have some written content on there as well. Busy man, very, very busy man. I uh, love when Ryan and I are able to chop it up and just discuss um, draft prospects. I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. Ryan's literally the only guy. You can you can take your Mel Kuyper, all the other gentlemen out there. 
I love Ryan, Alex, and Joe, their dynamic, their friendship, back and forth, and just the work they put in. I love what they do as far as analyzing, evaluating, sharing all 22 clips on Twitter of their work and what they do. I, I love every single second of it. And one thing I love is talking about Buckeye prospects with Ryan. Yesterday, we talked about the offense, started with Justin Fields. We got Chris Olave, Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers. We, we talked about a lot of players. Today, we got to talk about one guy um, opted out off to back in in a way that only he can his dad was around doing doing uh interviews i saw i listened to his dad on marty smith's america podcast i believe it was around the same time that sean wade actually decided to come back and out back in i just gave his name uh, we heard listening to randy wade i like listening to him i like watching sean wade play football but as i also know i've had ryan on my podcast the jc podcast talk about sean wade before i know his thoughts are a little bit different than others not to say what they are, but Ryan, when you evaluate Sean Wade, what do you see? Well, I think coming back to school and opting back in is a great decision for Sean Wade because he is a guy that is set to play outside corner for the majority of his snaps for the first time in his career. It, it's, it would have made it a very strange evaluation for Sean Wade to look at his reps ex almost exclusively as nickel cornerback and some safety and project him to being that outside corner because when you look at him, he fits the billing, man. He's got length for days. I think he's a good athlete. He's got that press man look to him, but he just hasn't had those reps to be that next in-line guy, right? We talked about the Jeff Akutas of the world. There's so many talented defensive backs, you know, going back to the Denzel Wards and the Marshawn Lattimores. He certainly looks like the next guy in line, you know, six foot one, 200 pounds right around, very athletic. I think he's explosive. I don't know if his straight line speed is the greatest in the world, but I don't think it really matters with the type of style that he's going to play. So it was going to be a really funky evaluation for yeah. Sean Wade to say, Hey, this guy can play outside corner. The majority when you haven't seen it, it just makes it a really hollow evaluation. You are fully projecting. You have nothing tangible as far as film to back up on and say, Hey, this is what he can be on outside corner. Well, you don't know that right now. I will say there is a really nice floor though with this, right? If he struggles a little bit outside corner, Hey man, he might be one of the top safeties in the class. He really huh. might be. He's got those, he's got those attributes. He has the film to back that up. He's a really physical player. He will come up and he will knock you right in the mouth. And I love every second of it in the nickel. He's a little funky of a, of a fit, even in the nickel. I mean, he has some good reps, but you see him, you know, get a little, he's a, he's a little slow transition from time. So he gets, he gets kind of in recovery mode a little bit. But every tool is there. He's, I think he left this summer as like my second ranked corner on the board. I think he's firmly in the first round conversation. Sean Wade's got the goods. It's just all about showcasing it at, the, at that outside corner position because we know how valuable that position is. So the minute that he shows that he can do it and do it at a high level, he is a, a pretty safe bet to be in somewhere in that first round conversation. Yesterday, when talking about the offense, you talked about how you thought Jeremy Ruckert would probably test well at the combine. How do you view Sean Wade's potential at the combine and how he'll test? I, I think he's going to be better than Damon Arnett was. I think Damon okay. Arnett ran like four, five, seven. I think Sean Wade's like a four, five, oh, ish to four, five, two type of player. I think it's going to be good enough because he's going to weigh in at 200 pounds. He's going to weigh in at six foot plus, right? Six foot and some change. I think that everything is going to be fine. He's going to check the boxes there. I think he's going to test well, though, when we're talking about lower body explosion. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a very impressive vertical, if he has a nice little, uh, if he has some nice change of direction stuff, broad jump. I think he's explosive in short areas, and I think that the 40 time is going to be good enough for people to feel good about him playing on the outside on, a, uh, on the majority of snaps. 
That's good to hear because I know a lot of Buckeyes fans were happy to have him back, but you also know he's playing a different position. So you're trying you're trying to think, well, he's played inside, played well. He's going to go to outside. Um, he says he's been a champion at every level, but not at Ohio State. He's coming back to win a championship, but will he play well on the outside when we when he he hasn't done it yet? It's very I I I, I like hearing that. It's good news. Um, I'm interested to possibly have Ryan on down the road at the end of the season to see how after every game is played, how the evaluation, how the tape says what it says about Sean Wade. Um, but other players on the defense, we know what you, about Sean Wade and the kind of player he is. But other players on the defense, if you look at just the defense as a whole. I've kind of jumped the gun with going Sean Wade first, but as you look at the defense as a whole, what do you see with this team as far as 2021 draft prospects? Well, I, I love the linebackers, man. There's a there's some big-time talent in that linebacker group for sure. I will say I'm probably a bigger Pete Werner fan than most NFL draft analysis and probably more than some Buckeye fans for what I hear. I hear some people have some very harsh criticism <laughs> of, of him for whatever reason. I, a, Buckeye, a Buckeye fan told me that, that the fan base isn't the biggest Pete Werner fan of all time, but I'll say, like, he plays a funky position for them because, like, when you get to the NFL, that Sam Backer a lot turns into a nickel, right? But he's moving him, to the he's moving to the will this year. That's interesting. That's move. That's very interesting because, like, how they would play him last year was a lot of times he's out on slot receivers. Yeah, he's playing yeah. that that um that overhang position, splitting number two and, and the tackle, doing all types of stuff. He's playing in space a lot last year, which makes it a little tough of evaluation to a degree because yes, I see him in space a lot. I think he does well in space. I think it's, it's good stuff. I think he's a good athlete in general. I want to see him be able to really have some consistent fits inside as a run, a run player and see what type of tackler and what type of impact he could have in that role. And that's a great thing to hear that he's moving to the weak side because he's going to be that, that inside linebacker when everything kind of gets flexed out. He's going to be able to be that pursuit player from the backside, work against counters coming right at him. I'm, I'm excited to see that one for sure. I, I think Pete Warner has all the talent. I think that the tools are definitely there. And then when we're talking about talents at that position, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more physically imposing-looking linebacker on the hoof than Baron Browning, who I assume with um, how you presented that is he's probably going to play Mike linebacker. Is, yeah, is that correct. kind of the correct. talking point? Yeah. Okay, cool. So he is 6'2", 245 pounds. Apparently he's going to run in the four fives, which is pretty insane for a player that size, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And he, he's a guy, unlike Werner, he has shown a lot of ability to really split gaps for tackles for loss, really flow and get downhill in a hurry. He is a very, very physical player. Pretty quick processor, too. His biggest thing is sometimes he will get absolutely demolished on play fakes, right? Like he is coming hard downhill. It's a play fake. And then he, his zone is completely vacated because he just isn't able to transition from trigger see that it's play action and then transition to his, to his uh, landmark and zone coverage. So I really want to see him be a little more of an a instinctive player. I feel like he just kind of sees red all the time and he flashes, but I, I, I am excited to see the next step because he has never been a player. That's been a starting player. They've had linebackers mm-hmm. in front of him that are very good football players, you know, a couple drafted just this past year. And, you know, I really am excited to see with him filling that Malik Harrison role and really kind of taking that next step and turning those physical abilities into a high-impact linebacker. I think that the, 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 the ceiling is the roof for him. He is a high-caliber player, potentially. And then I'll throw in Tough Borland, just because I know he's a fan favorite, I'm sure. He's a physical football player who is – he really just hasn't been the same caliber of athlete that he was early in his year after, after a couple of injuries that he's kind of been facing. So I think he's – probably a draftable player later in, in the draft, but I'm just really pumped up about those two other linebackers. I think they're potential day two players 
And I'm, I'm really excited to see them now that you let me know about the changing of roles a little bit with Werner and see Browning evolve into the type of player that he potentially could be. I read an article about Werner and this changing of positions going from the Sam to the Will, and he is happy, excited about this change because it reminds him of his days in high school. Now, I was actually privileged to watch him play high school uh, football. He lives not that – well, the school's not that far from where I currently live, where I grew up. And so in the tournament, it was his high school versus my high school in the tournament, and he was all over the field. Like, he's used to being in the thick of things, not being out in space, but being right there in the box. And he's actually looking forward to – not so much the challenge, but doing something he's comfortable with and that he's used to and basically doing the very thing that got him recruited to come to Ohio State. So I'm really looking forward to first game against Nebraska throughout the season, his progression and him um, really just being more comfortable in his role as a as a linebacker. Let's move to the D line. I'll go to the secondary in a second. Defensive line, what do you see? If anything, um, good, bad, and different, what do you see? I mean, I think at Ohio State, right, it's like, who's next? Like, who's the next guy up, right? Because we talked about, you know, the Boses, um, Nick Bosa that leaves, and then, you know, Chase Young is there waiting waiting to go, right? So I don't know if there's any upperclassmen that I'm super excited about. I think okay. Jonathan Cooper is a, a solid prospect. I don't think that he is anything special. I think he's he sets a firm edge. I think he's got a little bit of juice to him. I think he's a day three type of player. But the and I, I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but the Zach Harrison kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seeing the flashes of him, man, because I think he's only going to be a true sophomore this year. So we're not going to hear about him for a couple of seasons. But that kid, that looks like the next guy. You know, we're, we're talking about the Boses and Chase Young type of mold. That kid's, like, what, 6'6", 265 pounds. Like, everything is there for him. I'm just, you know, obviously – 2021 specific. I don't think mm-hmm. there's anybody that's really going to jump off the page at you. I know Tyler Friday's had some flashes as well at defensive end. Haven't seen him a ton and defensive tackle wise. I hear it's a, it's a very thin group right now for you guys. And, you know, obviously losing Devon Hamilton, I'm not sure what quite prospect level they have waiting in the wings there, but I'm just really excited to see Harrison um, really take that next step. Cause you know, obviously setting up for the 2022 cycle, potentially he looks like he could be one of those top guys off the board potentially. Absolutely. And then secondary, uh, we are talking about Sean Wade, but what do you see back there on the back half of the defense? I'm not really what to make of, of what I can, I'm not really sure what to make of the safety position with Jordan Fuller moving on. Uh, you would know a lot better what's back there. I, I think Proctor might be one of the guys mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. over most of the reps back there. So I don't think it's especially specifically the 2021 NFL draft, there's anybody that's really on my radar at the moment at the safety position. I, we always obviously mentioned uh, Sean Wade a little bit. Uh, Tyreek ja- Johnson, I think, is playing one of the corners potentially with seven banks, and he is a big physical-looking athlete. And I know that the draft network had him as like a top 100 prospect, even though he's barely played on the back end so far. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. And then seven banks, I heard, I've heard some people really kind of start to throw his name as a, a potential breakout candidate uh, playing back there in the secondary. So a couple, couple of guys that are kind of wild cards to keep an eye out for. But, um, you know, for the safety position, I I really don't know what to expect personally. It's interesting because we look at the offense yesterday on Thursday, Ryan, and offense, you you can go O-line, you can go to receivers. You talked about Farrell and Rucker at tight end. I mean, it didn't matter what level. It was a plethora uh, and a a great amount of players that's like, oh, we got this guy, we got this guy, we, we got possibly this guy next year and the defense. There aren't a lot of names. It's not like there's a lot of guys that um, are all out there, linebacking core. You you could go through Tough Borland, Werner, and Browning and just say, wow, they have 
they have this attribute and they have that trait and they check this box. And he checks all of these boxes in this area. It's, I know me personally, I'm kind of like you, like there's not a lot of, you just don't know. You, you can see everything. You can read everything. You can watch the clips from, from practice, but you just don't know the one promise. And I'm curious at what you think about this. I'm sure you may be on the same thing as me, as far as Ohio state defense, they find a way to just develop them and just make them be better than either you or I ever thought they would be. And so they may not be what they would be game one or game two, but game, by game five, game six, game seven, eight, nine, and whatever happens in the playoff, you're going to see players develop, I think, at a higher rate, a higher clip than normal because of the shortened season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would definitely agree with that. It's just like one of those things, too. It's, it's always very dependent on the year-to-year, right? Like you guys just – saw Chase Young, Devon Hamilton, Jordan Fuller, Jeff Okuda, Damon Arnett, like all those guys went very high in the draft. So it's just like one of those things with reloading. And I I know that Ohio State recruits as good as anybody, right? So they're going to be fine. I mean, going into even last year, right? Like Jeff Okuda was was talked about, but nobody thought he was going to be a top 10 pick before the season started, right? (laughs) Right. No one thought that. Devon Hamilton was on nobody's radar, and then all of a sudden he's a third-round pick. Like, it, it's every year with Ohio State. There's going to be guys in a couple months who are going to be talking about them in that, in that conversation of being a first, second, third-round pick. Like, it's going to happen when you recruit as well as you do. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't even worry too much about that. And, yes, obviously the game development in, the, in that short season is going to be huge for those guys to get that film and to get those opportunities. But, you know, when you're at Ohio State, man, like – when you recruit to that degree, you have four and five star recruits that are just waiting in the wings, ready to take off. So I wouldn't be too concerned defensively for the Buckeyes. And I'm sure, you know, by game three or four, we're going to be seeing guys fly around and being like, huh, we're not, we're actually um, a little better in the secondary, we're a little better on the defensive line than we originally anticipated. <laughs> Absolutely. Ryan, do you have any lasting comments, offense, defense? You can even talk about Drew Crispin if you want to on special teams. Do you have any lasting comments about the Buckeyes? 2021 draft eligible players. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just excited for the big 10 to get back in general. The Ohio, Ohio state is going to be in that conversation with one of the elite teams in the country. It's better when Ohio state is great and Ohio state is great. Uh, it's, it's a high impact class with again, some wild cards that could add to that group. And, you know, it, it, I don't think it's a hot take to say that Ohio state is probably going to be within the top two or three teams. When we're talking about teams specifically to have the most draft picks when 2021 NFL draft um, officially starts and ends. So I'm, I'm really excited about the class. I know Buckeye fans are really excited to get them back on the field. And there's no, no absence in talent up there in, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, for sure. Absolutely. Feel good Friday. Had to close it out with my guy, Ryan Roberts, once again. Ryan, we did it at the beginning of today, at the end of the beginning of yesterday, at the end of both shows. Let people know they can catch you on Twitter, then also any of the other work that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. So the best spot to find me is at rise, the letter N draft on Twitter. Uh, Try to be very interactive. If anybody wants to hop in the inbox, I will definitely talk ball with you anytime. I'm I'm always down for that type of stuff as I'm sure everybody would agree with. So uh, definitely rise and draft on Twitter. NFLDraftBible.com is the site to definitely check out for everything that we're doing. Believe in NFL draft prospect podcast at the believe podcast network and the Dynasty Draft Room if you want to check out some articles as well. So doing a lot, Rise and Draft, come check everything out, and I hope you guys enjoy. Yes, sir. Ryan Roberts, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You can always catch me, guys, on Twitter at jstevens07. We'll be back on Monday. It's game week, and I can't wait till that day till Ohio State finally takes the field and kick off their game, kick off their game October 24th against the Nebraska Cornhuskers.